welcome to the First Baptist Church Fairview Podcast. of the Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer said this, In the pillar of fire he dwelt. The fire that glowed in the holy place was called the Shekinah, the presence. Then when the old gave way to the new, he came at Pentecost, as a fiery flame and rested upon each disciple. We see that presence in ourselves and our brothers and our sisters as we are filled with the Holy Spirit. I appreciate so much that A.W. Tozer has to say, many books that he has written. I have uh, included in your bulletin there some notes that the secretary has helped me with. And um, I want to give an introduction to this message to get us into our subject. And then there are things that I want to say coming right out of Scripture. So if you want to contest anything I'm saying, you're going to have to take it up with Scripture because that's exactly where I'm coming from. Some time ago, a young man asked me this question. Explain to me about the Holy Spirit. Do I love Him? Do I pray to Him? What do I do with the Holy Spirit? I get the God thing. I get the Jesus thing as Son, but... What about the Holy Spirit? Well, I told him many people live with two-thirds of God. They don't understand the Holy Spirit, so they just ignore Him. Many people are fearful of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to act crazy. I don't want to show out in front of everybody. As one man put it, God loves you and is reaching out to you. He reaches with one arm through Jesus Christ, his son. And then with his other arm, the Holy Spirit, he reaches out to you. He wants to take you in his embrace and he wants to love you. Let him. But if you do nothing with the Holy Spirit, here is God reaching. And you will never know the personal, intimate love of God until you come to grips and you face who the Holy Spirit of God really is. God the Father loves you. No, that's not some ethereal thought. That is a very realistic fact. God loves you infinitely, totally. When He saved you, He saved you completely. 
You didn't get a partial salvation. You got a full salvation. Jesus said, and no one else had ever said it. No one had even thought it. He said, for God so loved. Roland, Bob, Betty, Carolyn, Frank, Jimmy, Jesse, Betty, Nancy, that he gave his one and only son. That's how much God loves us. God is not mad at you. You don't come to church to appease God. You live your life to please Him. God is trying to reveal Himself to you. Look at Scripture. Look at the patriarchs. Look at the prophets. The Word of God in every way possible lets us see a God that is revealing Himself. He's spirit, so he's invisible. And yet his works are so evident in creation and redemption. And now through the working of his spirit, God the Son, Jesus Christ, came in human flesh, incarnate to live a perfect life, to be a perfect sacrifice, died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, was glorified, was exalted... And he came back in Pentecostal power. This Holy Spirit is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ multiplied and magnified by God the Father. Who could possibly be afraid of Jesus, the resurrected, exalted, and glorified Lord? That's who he is. That's the way he's wanting to present himself to you today and every day. This fulfills the promise of the living presence of Jesus Christ. When he made this promise, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. How does he do that? He's not one Lord in the flesh in one place. He is now exalted on high, seated on, seated, seated on the right hand of God the Father. But his spirit has gone out to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every born-again believer has the Holy Spirit because you can't be saved without receiving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is now living, empowering each Christian that has surrendered their heart and trusted in Jesus to save them. Have you trusted Jesus? If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, He saved you. You're not trying to get saved. You're not trying to take the next step of salvation. You were as saved as you will ever be the moment you prayed the prayer and said, I trust you with my sin, Jesus. Come into my heart and forgive me and cleanse me. He gave you His righteousness. You have it now. And you say, wait a minute, <laughs> you don't know me. I've got sin in my life. I, I fail all the time. I can't live up to even the standards that I want to live up to. My friend, you've got it wrong. God's not trying to beat you into submission. He's trying to love you into relationship. 
When you're in a loving relationship with God, it so consumes your life that He dominates you and you become identified with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me make three statements from Scripture. Look there in your notes. and I've left some blanks there for you to fill in. I think I did. Maybe they're already filled in. First of all, God the Spirit possessing the believer is an essential mark of the Christian. You remember the story of uh, the Apostle Peter as he uh, deals with Cornelius? He shares the gospel with Cornelius, and Cornelius and his household respond, and they're saved. And as they're saved, the Holy Spirit of God enters them. Peter and those that were with him are shocked. They've got the same spirit that we have. They're not Jewish. They're Gentiles. How did they know? It's because they could see they were responding and they were able to say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Can you say that today? The Holy Spirit of God prompts you always to say, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus rules me. Jesus is reigning over me. A born-again believer cannot be possessed by a demon. If you are possessed by the Holy Spirit of God, the Word of God in 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is He, Jesus, that is in you than he, Satan, that is in the world. Jesus Christ is more powerful. The Holy Spirit of God is far more powerful than all of the demons of hell. And so Jesus Christ in you can rule and reign. If you allow Satan to affect you, if you allow him to come in, then that's your doing, not God's. You can make him flee, make him run away anytime you want to. But you have to do that. God wants you to do that. In Romans 8, 9 through 16, we have this, to have Christ is to have the Holy Spirit. You cannot have Christ and not have the Holy Spirit. You cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 8, 9. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Look further down at verse 16. This is a key verse. The Spirit Himself, not itself, He's not a force, He's a person. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Is He witnessing to your spirit? Is He helping you understand, I belong to God. I have trusted in Jesus Christ. I have His righteousness. I have His holiness. I have that that makes me a saint. 
We base holiness on behavior. Base it upon the fact of whether God's Spirit has entered you or not. If you have the Holy Spirit, you are holy. You cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit entering your life. I repeat that because most people don't pay attention to that. The second scripture that I refer to here in this first point is Galatians 4, 6, and 7. To believe in Christ is to also receive the Holy Spirit. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a slave, then an heir through God. You've been adopted. How in the world were you adopted? You were adopted because of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, entered your life when you were saved. Third scripture I want to refer to here is Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. I love this scripture. To believe in Jesus is to be sealed with the Spirit. Sealing was common in Paul's day and in Christ's day. It was where you took hot wax and you melted it and put it on a piece of paper or leather or even a parcel. And then you took a hard stylus that had an inscription that identified you and you pressed it into the wax. When the Holy Spirit of God comes into our heart and life, that seals us in Christ Jesus. How many times have you read in scriptures, Paul says, we are in Christ, Christ in you. That's what he's talking about. We've been sealed. It's been settled with God. Isn't that wonderful? In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, Paul says, Ephesians 1.13, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. We have been sealed in Christ Jesus. There are so many people that don't realize what God has done for them. Friend, you have been set free. You were bound, you were a slave to sin. That has been broken. Now you can be alive in Christ Jesus. The fourth scripture is in 1 Corinthians 12, 3 and 13. We can only say Jesus is Lord by the Holy Spirit. And someone says, well, I can say Jesus is Lord. I don't pretend to be a Christian. No, you missed the point. When you say Jesus is Lord, you are identifying the fact that you're being ruled and reigned over by Jesus. Do you know who the enemy of that is? It's not Satan, it's you. I have a will. That was my problem in the beginning. My will made me prideful and selfish. It was all about me. Do you know anybody like that? Don't point fingers. The problem is when we try to rule our own lives, we royally mess up. For by one spirit, Paul says in verse 
13, for uh, one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, whether Baptist or Methodist, and we were all made to drink in one spirit. All around this great globe, there's not one person that has been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ that does not have the Holy Spirit of God. That's what saved them. That's what entered them. That's what changed them. That's what is changing you now. Let me make a second point. God the Holy Spirit possessing the believer gives him assurance of sonship to God. I'm kin to him. How? How do I know that? Because the Holy Spirit of God is within me and he is witnessing to my spirit that I am a child of God. You cannot let the Spirit of God rule and reign in your life and hold on to doubts and fears. Those go away when you settle it within yourself. Have I got the righteousness of Jesus Christ? Have I been blood washed? Have my sins been forgiven? All my sins? It's one thing to say my past sins are forgiven. It's another thing to say my present sins are being forgiven forgiven, verse John 1, 9, but to say my future sins are going to be forgiven takes the faith that can come from knowing the Word of God. Look at Romans 8, 16. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Let me share another scripture here that's so important. In John 14, 16, the Gospel of John 14, 16, Jesus was preparing the disciples for his going back to heaven. He was going to have to face the cross, the tomb, the resurrection, the ascension. And just before that, as they've had the Lord's Supper and he's training them and he's speaking with them in John 14, he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Some translations say comforter. Some say uh, counselor. That he may be with you forever. What a promise. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Did you hear that? The Holy Spirit of God will be in you. If you're in Christ, He's in you. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. God adopts us as heirs. Heirs. We have the right to claim all of the promises that God has made because we're His children. Paul says here in verses 4 through 7, But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that He might redeem those that are under the law, that is, the Jews, that we might receive the adoption as sons. That includes everyone. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. I repeat that because it's so important for us to understand that. The reason why I can say, Daddy, God, 
personal relationship with God the Father, it's because Jesus gave us permission to do that. When you ask in Jesus' name, you can approach the Father and you're recognized because you're a son, you're a daughter, you're a child, you're an heir. Let me make a third point that I think is very important. And that is the sealing of the Holy Spirit gives the new Christian or the Christian the assurance of final victory. You know, along the way, I've had some times that I've gotten disappointed, tired, weary, down. I think we all experience that at times. And I've had to stop and I've had to think, I need a pick-me-up. So I've cheated. Okay, I'll just admit it. I turned to the back of the book, way over here, and I started reading in Revelation. You ever done that? I want to see where it's coming out. What is this final victory? I am with the Lord, and then he describes, John describes there in Revelation all the things that won't be there. And then he describes all the things that will be there. I get excited. That's the final victory. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm preparing for now. I'm not trying to get saved. I'm trying to live for Christ because I am saved. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 I mentioned this earlier. Let me mention it again. The Holy Spirit guarantees inheritance until we, pos until we possess it. It's the down payment. God has said, here's the Holy Spirit. That reminds you daily as you walk with Christ that you belong to Him. And then in 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22, seal of the Holy Spirit assures final Victory. Listen to this. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. If God makes a pledge, a promise to you, this is what I'm going to do for you. You can count on it. You can trust it. You can believe it. You belong to Him. Are you born again? You can answer that in your heart. I've had different people down through the years that say, well, if you could just show me in the Bible where it says that I can know that I'm born again. And I say, well, I know several, but let's turn to 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. There are a lot of Christians going around that don't know they have eternal life. You ask them, when you die, do you know you're going to go to heaven? And at least 35% of the people that I've asked that question say, well, I hope so. Friend, you need to get beyond hope so. You need to get into the promises of God. You need to hear what he's saying. If you have the Holy Spirit, you can know so that you have the Lord Jesus Christ and that heaven is going to be your home. Heaven is going to be my home. 
I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on Jesus. We need to do more bragging on Jesus. Ask not what this church can do for you, but ask what you can do for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ at First Baptist Church, Fairview. Some of you that are here today have been visiting us. Some of you for several weeks. Boy, we've been glad to have you. You know, we have a Baptist distinctive. That Baptist distinctive is church membership, where you sign on the dotted line, where you join the team, where you say, I want to pitch in, I want to do my part. I, I want to be a part of what God is doing in this place. Could I be so bold as to ask some of you today, you may have been putting this decision off, but I'm going to ask you to step out and come down one of these aisles, greet me here in the front. We'd like to receive you as a member of this church today. You know, there are some of you here that have nagging doubt. It won't go away. You know that you have not settled a decision for Jesus Christ. You've not prayed and asked Christ to come into your heart and forgive your sin. You've not followed in believer's baptism. You've not been a part of a church family. Would you come today? Would you make that decision? Would we stand? We're going to sing together. I'm going to ask you to step out and come. Make your way here to the front. And we'll meet you and greet you and help you with that decision. We would like to help you take your next steps spiritually. Visit our website, fbcfairview.org, to learn more about First Baptist Church Fairview. Thank you for listening.